podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, hope you've enjoyed your long weekend despite the result yesterday and that's exactly what we're going to be covering on this podcast which is Gig Pod episode 131 with myself Stevie and shoot legend Rizzo. John, before we talk about the game, well you off work today because I was. Hi everybody, hi Stevie. Uh, no, I wasn't. Sadly the content factory rolls on even uh, during long weekends and unfortunately I was at work today. I never stop, unlike some other people we can talk about. Right, Stevie? <laughs> Fantastic wee bit of snideness from you there, John. But yes, we talk about yesterday's derailment through in Paisley. A truly pitiful performance. Anyway, before we talk about the game itself, let's talk about the lineup, John. Now, John, before the match, we were discussing the lineups, and we both had very different feelings on the starting 11. Now, I was going into the game thinking it was going to be a real struggle. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I felt we would have had enough to get a result against it. And that's not to, you know, again, John, I don't go into games now thinking we're going to win 5, 6, 7, 0 anymore like we did under Brendan, despite the fact that we've won 5 0 and we've won 9 0. I'll be for home already this season. We've been at our absolute best when we've been on the road, but certainly wasn't the case yesterday. I didn't ever think the game against St. Mirren was going to be anything other than a real struggle. I said before it when I put out a tweet that. I'd take a stuffy 1-0 and I felt that's where it was going to end up, that or like a 2-1 or something. I certainly saw them scoring. I didn't see them scoring two and I didn't see us not scoring at all. But John, you were certainly a lot more concerned than I was going into the game. Why was that? Because it's always a problem when your best two centre-backs are out no matter who the opponent is. And when I found out on Saturday, I actually read it somewhere on Sunday morning. It was on the internet, so... You need to take these things with a pinch of salt, especially if it's a Celtic rumour that CCV was going to be in action for a while. I thought, oh, that's a, that's a real problem with Starfield out as well because Gents and Wales haven't played together. They'd be they'd be thrown in together at the last minute and I'd venue that isn't it easy for Celtic. Don't forget, we didn't. We only played St Mirren once away from home last season. We didn't win. We drew nothing each when both teams had a load of players out with COVID issues just before Christmas. So that's no an easy venue for us to go. They're actually playing no bad this season. And I know you said, well, you were talking about the Ross County game, how we made nine changes. You, you can do that in the League Cup. I mean, let's be serious here. The League Cup's good to win, but it's not the, the be-all and end-all, which is winning the league title. And I thought, going to a place like Samara where it's no easy... Playing an untested centre-back partnership was going to be an issue. And I said to you, I took a 1-0 win. I think we both, we both thought we'd win. Like, I think either me or you went 2-0, one of us went 2-1. But, I mean, I, would, I was preparing for a very hard game. But I didn't expect Celtic to just not turn up at all. I mean, I never stop at work. Celtic 
did stop yesterday. Boom, boom, satire. But uh, no, it was such an unlike Celtic performance so far this season. But I don't know, maybe it's the squad isn't as good as it's cracked up to be. And I think the manager did make a lot of mistakes yesterday. But we can talk about that as the pod goes on. A lot of people, John, are saying the squad isn't as strong as what they thought. But based on one defeat, I mean, I try and take into account that a lot of reactions that you see online are totally different to the reactions that you do see or hear, you know, face to face. Like yesterday, speaking to a handful of people in my life after that result, there was no over the top reactions. I mean, it was unacceptable and people were disappointed. Um, a couple of people were actually really raging, but it was none of this, you know, Aaron Moy can't be in a Celtic shot again and David Tumble getting punted and Dyson Maeda can't be trusted. I've already played for Celtic, nothing of that, but I was reading some real hyperbole yesterday. Um, there was some real venom targeted at Aaron Moy, David Tumble and Dyson Maeda. And look, John, those three players mentioned only like a couple of weeks ago against Ross County, everybody's singing David Tumble's praises. We're all going on about how Dyson Maeda is an absolute game changer when he comes on as a sub and how he's been in excellent form with his three assists in a handful of games this season already on the road. And then you get Aaron Moy. Any game that he's been coming on, I don't want to say a cameo appearance because he's more than that. He's been really contributing when he's been coming off the bench. And people have been saying to the point where, you know, they can really trust this guy in an arena like the Champions League now, especially away from home. And then all of a sudden, one bad result. Well, if I can, if I can just, inter- if I can just interject, you've said that. I've no, I've not been sure about that, but you have been unwavering that more you should be starting games for us in the Champions League. That shouldn't happen now. You can continue. I'm not going to change my opinion on Aaron Moy based on one defeat because the entire team was thinking they were set up to fail by the manager. So it isn't all just on Aaron Moy. It's not just on Dyson Maeda. It's not just on David Tumble. That entire team were an embarrassment yesterday against the men. And I don't really use that word a lot with Aaron's team. There's been games, you know, John, you mentioned when you and Spunkphone watched that one against Hearts and when we drew against Dundee United last season. And even, John, when we drew 0-0 against the Mirren, I remember saying, what, well, okay, we're still, what, six points behind uh, Rangers at the time, but it's not the end of the world. It was just one of the games where we just have to take it. There was loads of injuries for both sides, and it happens in football at that stage when there'd been a build-up of so many games in December. I'd never once been embarrassed with any Angie's teams last season by the performances that we put in, even if we lost or didn't get the result. The most raging I was was last season when we get beat off Rangers in that semi-final, because we allowed ourselves to be bullied. Uh, I was really gutted after that. I wasn't embarrassed, I was just really let down on that particular day. But I can certainly say that yesterday, I was definitely embarrassed with what I saw in Paisley, John, and don't really feel proud to say that about an Ange Celtic team, because pretty much, John, we've had so many good days with this side and this manager. We're not just all of a sudden, John, going to be fickle. And then put the boot in and say, well, you know, we don't trust certain players, don't trust the manager long term. I honestly believe it's just one bad day. But the reaction to this is so, so important now because the way that St Mirren lined up, five at the back, three midfield, and then the boy Ayunga and main up front, John. Now, the way that they played it, they bullied us off the ball. They were smarter on the ball. And when you look at the possession they had, they had around 20% to our 80 but the game is John at 67 Hill Hill actually said yesterday. It was like St Mirren dictated that without the ball. And I felt that was a real problem yesterday. There's always times in the match, John, where I've been watching Angie's side where you never feel you're truly out it. There'll always be a bit of hope that if we get a goal, 
we'll be able to get another and we'll never write out a game. You look at how we've been um, under them and they were a key ingredient to the success that we had. But I never once felt yesterday that there was a goal coming. Never once felt like the manager had that game under control. Never felt that the players had that one under control. And St Mirren, from the off, were just far more up for it than us. And, and I think that was the, the real disappointment for me yesterday, John. Well, teams all know how to play against us now. I mean, it, it didn't help though that the manager did pick a ridiculous team selection. I think we need to talk about that now. Okay, he never, he never had like a, he never had any choice at centre back. He, he had to play Jensen Welsh with predictably awful results. I'm not sure about uh, dropping JJ for Ralston. I mean, okay, Ralston's done well for us, but I still think JJ is the best player. Midfield, I mean, I suppose I can understand giving Moy a game, but he moved Callum McGregor out of position and it didn't work. And I think McGregor isn't in good form at all now. That's a different matter, but I thought he was poor on Wednesday uh, against Shakhtar and I thought he was poor again yesterday. He's he's not really playing well at all, but he's never going to get dropped because he's a captain. He didn't even get dropped when he played Ross Gowden in the game we talked about earlier. He was like one of the few first team players that played. But I mean, the biggest one for me was no playing Jota when Jota's no good in international duty with Portugal. He's got a two-week break before we're playing a game. And it was just ridiculous to me that Jota didn't start the game. I mean, okay, he won at halftime, which is an admission for Ange that he got it wrong in the first half. And okay, Jota didn't do anything in the second half, but the whole team didn't. And I mean, just like you, I had no confidence would score. I mean, as soon as it went to 2-0, it was game over. It was a really bad team selection. I really can't understand not playing Jota when he's got a two-week break coming. I mean, okay, we're going to hear about using the squad and all that. But that 4-0 win against Rangers that we were all lauding over how we're miles ahead of Rangers, we're going to win the league by so many points, blah, 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 blah. We've just pissed that down the drain now because it leads back to two points again. And by the time we play Motherwell in two weeks, we might be setting in the league again if Rangers win at Tynecastle. I mean, okay, that'll be a hard game for them. Hearts are in good form now. But after all the hilarity about how we're miles ahead, our Angels, we might be setting in the league by the time we play again. And I think the manager, who has been a brilliant manager, and we're not saying he's a bad manager, because obviously he's known, I mean, that was a first, first league defeat in 39 league games. Like, we'd been on a 38-game run, a whole, an entire season unbeaten, really, because it's 38-game season, and that is a fantastic achievement, and well done to him and the players. But he got it very badly wrong yesterday. And I know for a lot of people he's infallible, and whenever a manager gets a job, it's certainly infallible. I mean... Even when Lennon was a manager, when we used to criticise him, it was you can't criticise Lennon. When Brendan was a manager and he criticised, he wasn't allowed to be criticised. Every Celtic manager, I mean, once he becomes a manager, for a lot of people, he's above criticism. And after a pretty ropey start, Ange, for the most part, has been above criticism. I mean, I'd put yesterday and Bodo Glimp, the two games really together as the worst performances since Ange became manager. Take away the ones at the start of last season when the team was... The team was getting itself together. I mean, this is a team that's been in brilliant form. We hammered Rangers, our biggest rivals, 4-0. We beat Dundee United 9-0. We held our own and should have beat Shakhtar. And then we couldn't play like that. I don't know if it was uh, hubris, which a lot of people always accuse Rangers of being, having like hubris-type things. I don't know if it was that or arrogance, but a manager and thing, he could make so many changes. I mean, I don't think he'll do that again. We've got St. Johnson three days, a lunchtime kickoff, three days away from home after we play Leipzig away when we're back in a couple of weeks. 
I can't see no matter even though we're playing Leipzig again a couple of days later, I can't see him making as many changes again. Because the the players that he brought in couldn't he hack it. They he he will be thinking again, thinking that I can't trust these players. And I mean they've been decent players, but they've showed nothing they should they've showed nothing that they should belong in the team. I mean we're not gonna pick an Aaron Moy, but in that forty five minutes he did nothing. He's much more suited to a to a last twenty minutes, thirty minutes role where he can help close down a game. And Cal McGregor just doesn't work further forward. I mean, I thought it might work, but it didn't. And you know I like Dyson, but that just doesn't work. I mean, him instead of Jota is no contest. Jota is the first choice player. Jota is the best player in Scotland. We've said that in this podcast, and it's cutting our nose off despite our face, dropping the best player in Scotland. For the starting lineup, and I mean it came on at half time, but no, it was it was bad management, and Ange has got loads and loads of praise, and he deserves every single bit of that praise for how he's transformed Celtic in a year. But he made a complete arse against St Mirren, and he won't really get that much criticism because he's so beloved. But he deserves it because that was really really bad yesterday. It's a worst performance in the league for a long time. I mean, it was on a par with some of the catastrophes under Lennon during the COVID season. It was that bad. Worse than any performance, I'd say, we gave that we gave last season. It was pitiful, really. Well, John, you were saying that people were lauding it, and rightly so, when we beat Rangers 4-0, but you know, we never came on here saying that's it, the league's over. Yes, we built up a five-point lead. That was great. But at the same time, it was only September, and the players and the manager were saying that as well, John. And again, just like yesterday, it's only September. It's one defeat. It's one bad day. I expect the manager and the players to react big time against Motherwell after that. The only infuriating thing is we've not got a game for another couple of weeks. Uh, the 1st of October, I believe, isn't it? That's when we play Motherwell at home. And it's so frustrating because after a performance like that, you just want to see the team put it right. You're talking about Aaron Moy and what he did in those 45 minutes, but I honestly feel right when you're putting... Again, I'm. this is coming back to... Those Celtic players been in a position to fail. Aaron Moy was one of them. Now, Aaron Moy has been asked to sit in there in that midfield three against Asset Mirren midfield three, which was actually much more mobile than ours was. Now, when you've got David Tumbo to the left to him and Cal McGregor to the right, Cal McGregor is massively off form at the moment. David Tumbo was just non-existent. If you put Rio Hattati in there, if he's starting ahead of Tumbo, you're going to get some mobility in there, you're going to get some forward passing, and then Aaron Moy, at least John, is going to get a lot more space for the fact that Rio Hattati is buzzing all around that midfield and bringing other players into the game. That's what we didn't get for David Tumbo. So, and not even that, not even David Tumbo, I'm not singling him out. Cal McGregor didn't do that either. The wingers, John, and Kyogo gets zero service. I know you're saying that Dyson was poor. So was Abada. And Kyogo get absolutely nothing up front. The front three had nothing to work with. So I find that I, I do genuinely do find it hard to single them out as well. So the midfield for me was the major criticism yesterday. And again, that was all down to the manager picking those three. Do you ever think the manager's going to switch that up at all and maybe move to like a five in midfield and maybe have a lone striker at times? Because we saw it join up before when you think about it, when we played at Ibrox, it was a totally different Celtic team and the system was changed in that respect to combat the other team. And I'm starting to wonder if Ange is maybe going to be doing that for certain games this season because yesterday that 4-3-3 did not work whatsoever. I can't see it because it's had so it's had so much success even this season. Like we beat Dungeon United nine nothing a couple of weeks ago. Can't forget that. 
But for me, it was more about the players than the system. I mean, we've not really talked about the defence or Joe Hart yet, but the central defence was just diabolical, really. I mean, I think Morishent's a decent player, but he's been at fault for quite a lot of goals we've conceded this season. And Stephen Welsh, I've never been sure if he's a Celtic-level player, and he was really bad yesterday when he was so, so poor for that second goal. I mean, I didn't think it was a foul at all. He just had to stand up better and be stronger. I thought he was poor. And Joe Hart, I thought it was, uh, you disagreed with me in this after the Shakhtar game, but I thought it could have done much better for their goal. I thought it really ducked out of the way. And against St. Murren, I think it could have done much better, maybe for both, especially the first goal. I mean, okay, the guy headed it out. Ohara, I think it was for like maybe five or six yards, but right through, Hart could have done better. And I don't think he covered his own glory with a second goal. So for me, it's more about the players than the system in this occasion. Okay. The system didn't really work, and he did, he did sort of change it towards the end. He played Kyogo and Gigi up front, and that's never going to work for us. I just can't see they two combining well together ever. But no, for me, it's far more about the players that were selected, not the system. And you don't try a defence. Okay, he never had any option with the defence, so I'll let, I'll let Andrew wave with that. But you don't pick that midfield that's never played together before in a t- tough away game. You're better off doing that at home where Celtic are going to have more of the ball, have create more chances. I mean, if we we'll see if on, for our next home game against the Champions League, after a Champions League game, I'm not sure who it is, but I'm sure there's one next month. I mean, if we if we'd picked that team against a team at home, then I think it might have worked okay because I think we would have created more chances. But I think doing that at any time away from home is a gamble. And it makes me think that if, if the game against Livingston had went ahead last week, he probably would have made loads of changes again. I know it might have worked, but Livingston wouldn't have been easy to break down. They'd have thought, oh, we'll just put everybody behind the ball. But maybe because we're at home, we would have ended up getting there. But I think playing a midfield that's never played together before, I mean, is just asking for trouble away from home. I mean, I still expect the Celtic to play much better, and it was a really crap performance. But you're asking for trouble by picking that lineup, and I think that's much more of the issue than the system. I mean, I, I can't see us changing for a 4 3 3 at all. Maybe we'll do a couple of tweaks here and there, but no, I think it'll be 4 3 3 every game because it has been massively successful. But it was definitely this the team selection that was the issue, and really, and realized that at half time when he made two changes, and yes, the changes didn't do anything, but. I think he'd realised he'd made a racket there. All right, you're saying it's the players then, John. So what happens if, God forbid, we get an injury crisis before January? What about next month, right? Say we have guys like Hatati out, we've got O'Reilly out, we've got Jota out, Haksabanovic, Gigi, and we have to rely on these guys that were playing yesterday. Is there guys to actually drag us through? Like we had players last season, John, remember, when we had an injury crisis in December? Uh, we had players out with COVID and all that and we had to rely on players John that the manager might have not fully wanted to feature for him but he had to you know get performances out of him and he dragged us over the line especially you know you look back at the McDermott um, Park games you look back at Motherwell last season when we won 1-0 when David Humble was deployed up front if we're in a situation like that again and we've got to rely on your Dizemaedas your Abadas your Tumbles and your Moyes are you thinking that there's going to be a major problem then? Well I would hope not but but going by the evidence of yesterday, yes. I mean, hopefully it's just a one-off. And it is a bit annoying that there's not going to be another game for two weeks because I'd like to see how we respond. But, I mean, the players have got to show that they're good enough. That team 
should have been good enough to win the game yesterday. I mean, the biggest problem for me before the game was the centre-backs. But then, as soon as the game started, the midfield was just diabolical, really. So their players were given the chance by Ange, and they let him down to an extent. But he let them down to an extent because he, he picked a team that wasn't strong enough. So if we've got an injury crisis, they're just going to have to show that they do belong in the team. And that yesterday was a one-off, but I have to say, uh, I think we really missed Tom Rockets yesterday. I don't know why he joined West Brom. It was a ridiculous career move by him. And yesterday would have been ideal for Tom Rogic with his bit of magic with a packed defence to play a ball through somebody. But these things happen in football. Good players leave every summer. So if we've got an injury crisis, then I'd feel... I'd, I could If we had an injury crisis, I'd be more forgiving our results like yesterday. Because if Jota wasn't playing yesterday cause injury, or if uh, Rio Hattati wasn't playing cause injury, then fair enough, can't do anything about it. We've lost games before we've got an injury crisis. But they didn't start yesterday, and I don't know why. Okay, they played in midweek, but then Cal McGregor played in midweek. Cal McGregor played against Ross County before we played Rangers, I think. So there, there was no... I don't know. The blame is going everywhere on this episode. The players let Ange down but he let himself down with his starting 11 as well. So what can you do, really? Before I move on to my next point, I just want to say with Joe Hart, I do agree. I think for the first goal, eh, he could have done a lot better for that. Second, I think he is blameless, unfortunately. Um, Jens and Welsh were both utterly shocking for it. If that's CCV and Starfelt in there, that second goal, never mind that the first goal doesn't even happen. But what can we do? The manager didn't have a lot of options in that respect. Joe Hart's a goalkeeper, John, that I have really warmed to after Celtic signed him. I remember not being bowled over by it, but last season it was crucial for us. We needed that leadership. We needed that big character, certainly among a lot of inexperienced players under the manager when we were trying to build a rapport, when we were trying to you know, gain some momentum and keep up with Angels. And Joe Hart was a massive reason why we won the league last season. I think for this season with Joe Hart, I can't really like, single him out, especially after yesterday as well. It's not a blame game with Joe Hart. Um, I just feel that when I've been watching him more, building out for the back under Joe Hart has been a bit more problematic this season than last season. I don't know long-term, John, what the manager's thinking, maybe for next season, because I can't really see Benjamin Segrist being the number one at Celtic. I don't know about Joe Hart for next season either, and if the manager's going to be looking at a goalkeeper, I think we should be planning ahead in that respect, but it's probably the last a problem area we'll really think about in that team, isn't it? Yeah, we, w- we won't be like considering like, any goalkeepers after now. I mean, I'm just hoping it's a blip for Hart because, as you say, he has been brilliant for the most part. I mean, I don't know, maybe it was inevitably going to happen that he was going to have a wee bit of a downturn in form, but I mean, he's good enough to get back to form. And I don't know, it wasn't helped though by having two players playing really poorly in front of him but he really should have done better with the first goal I think the main thing when we do a gig pod as well John is I guess we don't really analyse games because we're not analysts we're just fans we just watch the game just like anybody else and we just happen to have recording equipment to talk about it I don't really think we need to cover every area yesterday because it was a collective failing you can't just 
pick on Joe Hart, you can't just pick on Stephen Welsh and Jens, you can't just pick on Moy and Tumble or Dyson Maeda and Lee Labada. The entire team, as I said at the very start, were set up to fail by the manager who unfortunately has to take a look at himself and he did. John, what was your thoughts on Ange taking responsibility and actually admitting that he picked the wrong team and it was all on him because we wouldn't have got that from certain managers that I would never criticise or mention on here. No, uh, Lenny wouldn't have done that and Brendan wouldn't have done that. That just makes yesterday all the more annoying because I, I don't know how Ange must have been thinking before the game. He must have thought, what I'll do is I'll put our best, our, the best player in Scotland, I'll leave him on the bench. And what I'll do is I'll put one of our most influential midfielders on the bench. I'll put together a midfield that's never played together before in a tough away game against a team that's in decent form. I mean, I know managers have got big egos, but that was just inexplicable. I, I don't know what he was thinking. I'll never know what he was thinking. I mean, it must just have been because we had the game on Wednesday night, but I hope that doesn't mean that we're going to be doing that every time we play in the Champions League because we've got another four away, four games to play after we play in the Champions League and I don't want us to throw away points every single time because we've been in trouble in the league if that happens. It's good that he accepted responsibility and I mean, that is good management, but it just makes yesterday all the more annoying that we were in a great position to go five points clear into this break, go into the games after the break with tons of confidence. And okay, I'm still confident that Celtic can go on and win the league, but that result has, I think, I think that result would have shocked people yesterday. Well, you know, shocked by how absolutely crap we were. I'm usually messaging you a lot through these away games when I'm watching them together. We'll watch it so in sync. I wasn't messaging you too much yesterday because <laughs> I was lost for words. Um, I was really surprised at how bad we were. And it was just from the off as well. It wasn't like we started well. It wasn't like you could say, oh, well, the team started brightly and faded out. And you could really blame fatigue and all that if we'd started with guys like O'Reilly, Hitati, you know, Jota. You could bring up the fact that we had an energy satin game in midweek and that played its part into the result. But no, these are guys that uh, really featured. Um, or they featured way less than our star players did during the week against Shakhtar Donetsk. And they had a point to prove. You know, they should have really been fired up for it. But no, St Mirren were for the off. St Mirren just looked as if before the game they had us sussed out. As I said, off the ball, St Mirren worked really hard. We didn't have a clue how to break them down. Couldn't create anything. As I said, last season, I was really gutted when we could beat against Rangers. I was bummed out after that. And there were a couple of frustrating results last season. But I would never say with a team that I was embarrassed or I was mortified by them. But I definitely was yesterday. And yeah. I will admit it, I was really surprised the level of ineptitude that I saw from start to finish from that Celtic team. So I, I'm not going to be a happy clapper here. I think the majority of the Celtic support must have been coming away for that one yesterday, John, just absolutely ridded because it was inexcusable. It was unacceptable and we can't put in a show like that again, no matter who it's against this season. No, I mean, the players especially and the manager, I think, all the or the fans a performance against Motherwell. I know some people be like, how can you say that? We, we went 38 games unbeaten. We won the league and all that. Well, that's in the past now. The 4-0 win against Rangers is in the past. Our last game was getting bodied by St Mirren 2-0. And St Mirren didn't have to break a sweat for it. So, I think a lot of people will say this. We've got a lot of meeting up today when we're batting action against Motherwell. A game which I'm going to. Oh, lucky me. Oh, great. Thanks for the advance notice there, John. I'll make sure I... Uh... Definitely don't see you after the game. <laughs> now, John, just before we get into the listeners' comments and questions for yourself, 
you've always said you're two games away from a crisis at Celtic. Well, we've not won in three games. We've been beat off Real Madrid. We've drew with Shakhtar Donetsk and we lost yesterday in Paisley. Is this a crisis? I don't think it is, but I just want your shoot reaction here. Well, no, it's not a crisis. Because the first two games, the results were kind of expected in a way. I mean, everybody knew we'd lose to Real Madrid and we put up a good performance for the first like 50 minutes. Shakhtar, Shakhtar annoyed me far more than St Mirren did because we really should have won that game. That's the sort of game, like, if, if that had happened yesterday and with loads of chances and didn't they take them and the goalie had a good game, you'd be like, oh, okay, that happens away after a European game. I shocked I was more annoying than St Mirren because I just accepted we were going to be, get beat as soon as St Mirren scored that second goal, which is a concern. So, we're no in crisis. But, I mean, if we don't beat Motherwell, then I think there'll be a lot of concern all of a sudden, especially if Rangers win at Tynecastle and go to the league, which is really unbelievable when you think about it. But, as a great man once said, football is a funny old game. Who actually did say that? Jimmy Greaves was on Satan Greavesy, which I watched as a wee boy on a Saturday lunchtime. Brilliant, brilliant programme, much better than Soccer Saturday. To summarise yesterday, my shoot opinion on it is that it was just a bad day. It's not often, John, that under this manager and this team that we see is create absolutely nothing. It's not often, John, that we watch an Celtic team and feel utterly mortified at the performance either. And I certainly can't remember us putting in a performance quite that bad. So I'm going to put it down to a blip more than anything. As you say, you know, if that becomes a repeat against Motherwell or later on in the season, then yes, there will be some serious concerns. But I'm not going to say I'm happy to put that down as a one-off. I'm still, you know, really raging at it. Very annoyed. But at the same time, the players are human. This will happen. And it's over the course of a season, John. The team deserves the backing. It's Nothing's going to be won and lost one bad result in Paisley so are you ready John to rattle through the listeners questions to you if you can give them an answer in 30 seconds or less as a great man once said let's go <laughs> I don't need to ask you who that was right okay so the first one is from <laughs> at sat the board too great at the fact that Tony Ralston David Humble and Stephen Welsh are players of the Lenin era should never be held as Celtic class no room for sentiment they might be Celtic fans, but they are nowhere near good enough for us anymore. Do you agree? Yes or no? Uh, Haas, especially on Ralston, uh, unconvinced with all two. I mean, Ralston still got a future of Celtic. He was doing that annoying thing he does yesterday when he hits the ball as hard as he can, which was he does sometimes, it's really annoying. But no, he's he's still got a future of Celtic, but I think JG is a much better player. There's no doubt about that. Now. JG should be first choice right back. Okay, thank you, John. Next one, at MM1888. Should the likes of Kyogo and Taylor be dropped to show they aren't guaranteed starters if they don't play well? No, because they're two of the most important players. Kyogo's our best striker, and Taylor's our best left-back, and he's been excellent for us this season. So, no, they shouldn't be dropped. It was more about the players that were dropped for no reason yesterday, i.e. Jota and Hitati and even O'Reilly. So no, they shouldn't be dropped, no way. Now there's Scott V. Scott, who says, I think this goes down as a failed experiment. 3-5 Turo, where was the fight? Is Cal McGregor becoming less of a driver for us? Well, if it was an experiment, I hope it doesn't happen again. I think 3-5-2, we only really do that when we're desperate. I don't think that'll happen again. And I don't think Cal McGregor's playing well at all. And the, the thing he doesn't need is three games for Scotland in the next two weeks. And you just know that he's going to probably play and in every one of the games, he'll probably start them all as well. And he doesn't need that. 
I think more people are probably noticing that he's really not playing well now. He's still an important player for us, but no, he's not playing well now, and that is a concern. At AMAC underscore 1888. We were touching on this a little bit earlier on, John. But he asks, do you think we should be looking for an improvement on Joe Hart anytime soon? I'd say he's still number one the now. I mean, if he makes another couple of errors, then I would think about giving Segrist a chance. I mean, he's still got enough credit for what he done last season. And I think a lot of people were worried that what's happened in the last couple of games was going to happen for his, the entirety of his time at Celtic. So, I mean, I suppose we do need to be looking for another goalie because Hart's in his mid-30s. But I'd say he's still the number one the now. But if he does have another couple of dodgy moments, then I think Segrist could get a chance maybe a lot sooner than MD would have expected a few weeks ago. At Ewan underscore CFC asks, when does Burnaby factor into squad rotation? Uh, I don't think it'll be any time soon because I still think Greg Taylor's one of our most improved players. Burnaby wasn't great against Ross County. I mean, okay, that... no, Well, it wasn't great, but I mean, I suppose it was a difficult game for him. We spent a lot of money in him as well, I think, which people might not remember. But, I mean, I, I just kind of see him getting the run of games. You know, it might be after the the World Cup break when you see the best of him, I'd say. But no, I don't think Greg Taylor's a player to be dropping the now. Unless, but then you don't know, Ange might decide to drop Taylor after. We play Leipzig away, and Burnaby might play up at St. John's, so we'll just need to wait and see. But no, I'd, I'd still keep Greg Taylor on the team. Some of the other questions we've had in have been covered through this podcast, especially on the likes of Aaron Moy and David Tumble as well. So the last one is at Nelio. 678 John who asks and this is a very important one should every trace of that kit be burnt and deleted off the internet and erased from everyone's memories as it surely can't recover after today and you know what John (laughs) as nice as that kit looked yesterday I got to say that that can't be worn again that has now went down as a tainted kit just like some of the Covid ball season ones for me now before I answer that do you own that kit because I know you're a big Celtic merchandise guy I do not right that's a relief no, what we should do is take a leaf with the Alex Ferguson book when my United were getting beat 3-0 off Southampton. I think it was 1996. And they had a grey kit on, would you believe? Same as what we had. And they were losing 3-0 at half time. And Fergie was so annoyed at how the players couldn't see each other to pass each other. Well, that was his excuse. That they took that off at half time and put on a blue and white kit and ended up scoring in the second half. They still get beat 3-1. But he said that would never be worn again. And that shouldn't be worn again either. Not just because we get beat, but it was genuinely a, a nightmare watching the game on TV, trying to sort the, the teams apart. I don't know how the Celtic or the referee, however, thought that was a good idea. I mean, even the, sh- the shots were not different. So, no, it was a... Uh, that was a failed experiment, that kit. And I can't imagine after yesterday it's selling in big numbers. So, I predict, and I hope, that we never wear that kit again. And it's... Alex Ferguson had the right idea. Yesterday we should have put on the hoops at half time and we might have made an incredible comeback, but I doubt that, to tell you the truth. Hopefully that kit is never seen again, unless, of course, it's gone up for sale at the Celtic shop at the end of the season for a tenner, which I will happily buy, of course. Um, <laughs> that would definitely be like me, wouldn't it? Right, anyway, I think we've done enough here, John. We've been well over our usual half an hour, but I think we had to. We couldn't ignore yesterday's performance at all. We couldn't ignore certain aspects of the display and some of the problems which have certainly arisen after the result. But that's it, John. We can't go two-footed in on the team. They've achieved so much together. The manager's given us more great days than days like yesterday, and it's just going to have to be chalked down as a shocker. And we move on, don't we? So 
Thanks to everybody for tuning in to episode 131. We will indeed be back, although it will likely be after the international break, unless me and John just decide to do a wee spontaneous Marvel preview. Who knows? But coming up is the unreleased Jan Venegura Hesling one that we did in 2017 that we never actually put out, amazingly enough. It's just been sitting on the clouds. So we'll put that out at some point this week or weekend to keep people going. And then myself and John are spunk phone. We'll hopefully be around to do a wee, I don't know, short podcast or a preview of the Murrable game next week at some point. So, John, take it away. Thank you, Stevie. Thanks to all listeners, as ever. And you know where to find us by now on all the usual podcast platforms. You can give us five stars, tell us how great we are, etc., etc. As Stevie says, we'll have the Jan Venegur interview up probably next week. And then we might be back for a preview for the Monaco game, I suppose that just depends, so there's something exciting for you, we wait with bated breath, will we be back before the Motherwell game, or after the Motherwell game, only time will tell, but thanks everybody for listening, we'll speak to you all soon, and hail hail. Podcast Network.